trusting us with, uh, we can find out anything that happens at your house. We just ask. And just for the record, the way to my wife's heart is jelly beans and obeying without complaining and arguing. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you uh, for that, guys. I know it took some work to put that together, but uh, that was a cute, cute video. Um, good morning, Chillicothe Bible Church. I'm glad that uh, I get to be with you for a, a few minutes here. Um, we're going to be in the book of Proverbs today, um, and I want you to raise your hand. This will be a, a little bit of participatory sermon here, uh, at least on the initial part of this. Uh, raise your hand if you had a mother who uttered some memorable phrases in your house, okay? How many of you had a mom who said this, if you keep doing that, your face will freeze that way? <laughs> how many of you said... How many of you had a mom who said, is your arm broken? Am I the maid? All right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, how about close the door? Were you born in a barn? Or alternatively, I'm not air conditioning the whole neighborhood here. If you eat that, you'll get worms. If God wanted you to have holes in your ears or eyebrows or tongue or nose or whatever, uh, he would have put them there. If wishes were horses, poor men would ride. If all your friends jumped off the roof, the Grand Canyon, the Empire State Building, etc., would you do it? Depends on what happened to the first guy. I got to be honest. <laughs> Whoever said well, life is fair, where is that written? How many of your moms who said that? If you haven't, you should. <laughs> Sometime your kid needs to know that, right? Life isn't fair. You made your bed, now you have to lie in it. And this is my favorite one of all time. My mom used to say this all the time. If you do that and break your leg, don't you come running to me. <laughs> Count on it. That will not happen. <laughs> okay. If you do that and break your leg, don't you come running. All right. Why do we remember these things? I submit to you that the reason we remember this stuff is that ex these expressions are not just repeated, but they're expressed in vivid language because they're meant to be memorable. They're meant to stick in our brain, and our mothers intended for us to be held by what they had told us and to take it in and to have it change our life. Uh, and there's a measure of truth in all of these, right? I heard somebody say that at 50, all of us get the face we deserve. I don't know if that's true or not, but here's what I do know, that if you're a bitter person, eventually it shows up on your face. If you're a happy person, that shows up in your face too. You get those crow's feet. You know, and those smile lines that look like grooves when you get to be 80, right? And, and so it's not true that your face really does freeze that way, but it does show up sooner or later. Uh, AC and heat cost money, right? And uh, there's never enough money, and so we need to be conscious of what's going on. And these kinds of expressions are a vivid way of communicating truth. And the book of Proverbs 
is a book that is similar to some of these expressions that our moms uh, lay on us as they're trying to teach us things. In fact, the whole book of Proverbs, over and over and over through the whole book, it says this, my son, it's written as a book of advice of a parent to a child. My son, listen to your father's instruction. Pay attention to your mother's teaching. I don't know what kind of mothers you had. I had a really good one. I hope that you all did as well. Uh, I was very blessed by that. But even if you didn't have good parents, what we have in the book of Proverbs is divinely inspired parental type advice as to how to conduct your life in a wise way. And, and wisdom, according to the book of Proverbs, is skillful living. In other words, how do I conduct my life in such a way that the outcome generally tends toward blessing rather than pain? Now, it's not a, these are not guarantees in Proverbs. Uh, a fact which ought to give some of you parents who have children who are difficult as adults a great deal of comfort because, for example, one of the Proverbs says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it, right? That's a normal principle that is normally, often, usually true. But it's not a promise. It's not a promise. It's not a guarantee. You don't get King's X on your family as long as you try to do the right thing and raise your kids to know the Lord, okay? Because God's salvation is an individual thing. He does not have any grandkids. He only has kids. Everybody is a first-generation Christian. And so Proverbs are not promises that you can, you know, just memorize this and do this, and it'll always turn out that way. It won't. But they are principles that teach you things about how life normally works. And so I want to, I've titled this, uh, this sermon, Listen to Your Mama, uh, because Mama has a bunch of divinely inspired advice to give us in uh, the book of Proverbs. We're going to be in chapter 2, uh, and since it is Mother's Day, I want to look at this here. Verse 1 to 5. My son, if you seek, if you accept my words and store up my commands within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding, and if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for a hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Now, these five verses are really just one long sentence. There's only one period in that whole, in five verses very end, verse 5. Uh, and what the writer here is exhorting us all to is to conduct your life in such a way that your outcome is skillful, wise living, living that conforms itself to God's Word. Uh, because living in accordance with God's Word is the wise, smart, intelligent way of doing things. Uh, and what we have in the scriptures really is the owner's manual for life. You operate your car in accordance with the owner's manual, it works better than if you don't. At least so I'm told. Um, someday I'll try that, see how it goes. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that gets all the oil changes that they should have right at 3,000 miles, right? 
A lot of times it's 3,500 or maybe 4,200 or whatever, right? Um, you know, the 100,000-mile service, well, that's probably going to happen around 110, you know? Uh, something like that, right? This is the owner's manual for life. And you don't become, uh, the emphasis in these verses is that you do not become a wise person biblically simply by showing up. This isn't something that just happens just by osmosis. Well, I heard God's word preached. I have listened to a lot of sermons on the radio and I've listened to my preacher bloviate on for 40 minutes every week for the last uh, 20 years. And, you know, I, I'm a wise person. No. There's a searching that has to happen. You have to seek it out. You have to desire to take this in. Truth has to be taken in and received and then lived by. And so, so this text here says, it says that you not only turn your ear to truth, you ask also, uh, verse 2, apply your heart to it. So it's not enough to simply listen. You have to also take it in to who you are as a person. You need to be like an explorer who's looking for hidden treasure. You know, I love being around new, brand new Christians, brand new believers. Have you ever been around some of these folks? They are so incredibly stoked about their Bible, about their relationship with God, about all of it. They, I mean, they can't shut up about it. They are coming to you and they say, you won't believe what I found in the Bible this week. I'm in a little, and they just keep going and they can't wait to tell you. Hey, I read the story of the Good Samaritan. Have you ever read the story of the Good Samaritan? It's a great story. But, you know, they're off and running, right? Why? Because they have been searching for truth, and they have found it. And they are sticking it in their heart, and they have an eagerness to take in more of it. I'm going to read through my Bible in six months. This is, good. This is great. Oh, I can't be so, I'm so excited. That is the kind of attitude and desire that, the scripture here ex exhorts us to that you search for it like you would a hidden treasure. If I told you that out in the out in the North Lawn out here is buried fifty million dollars in gold, and it goes to the first person who finds it, I'll bet you that there would be a run on shovels at Geiger's. And those of you who work for Caterpillar at the tractor uh, plant would be seeing what you had to do to get one here, right? If you really knew there was treasure out there, you would look for it until you found it. And this passage here is reminding us there's treasure in God's Word. But you need to look for it. You need to, you need to dig into it. You need to find it and apply it to your life. Um, the thing is, is that most of us, after we're believers for a while, most of us don't settle for radical Christianity, you know, where we really are excited about the things of God. What we kind of settle into is what I would call diet paganism, where we do listen to God's word from time to time. We come to church and we participate in, in various stuff. But our life at some point stops being transformed because we stop being hungry to have any change. And so it's not that we're completely like we used to be. It's just that we're not as transformed as God wants. What the Bible here says, verse 5, is that if you continue seeking and digging 
and looking to be changed by the word of God and to always be bringing your life into conformity with God's word. It says, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Over and over and over again in Proverbs, it says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, if you want to be a wise person, try doing it apart from God. See how that goes. It doesn't go very well because you have to start with a relationship with God and a commitment to obey and worship him. And if you start there, you can wind up with wisdom. But if you start anywhere else, you're going to wind up lost and confused and hurt and sad. He says, if you seek for God's wisdom, if you desire to obey it, then you find the knowledge of God and know who he is. And also, when you gain this kind of wisdom, it has some benefits. And there are four of them. I've outlined them for you on your uh, for your notes. But let me, let me just uh, go through them here with you. The first one is that you will have God's protection if you find God's wisdom and seek to be a wise person who lives their life in accordance with God's word. You will have God's protection on your life. Verse six, verse six through eight. For the Lord gives wisdom, and from His mouth come knowledge and understanding. He holds victory in store for the upright. He is a shield to those whose walk is blameless, for He guards the course of the just and protects the way of his faithful ones. Now, I'm tempted to qualify this statement a little bit, and I think you need to understand that it is qualified just a little bit. In other words, this is not an unlimited thing. You don't have complete protection from everything that could possibly happen to you simply because you're a believer in Jesus Christ and are obedient to his word. Uh, you will probably still know people or maybe yourself get cancer, etc. You will still have issues and problems. But, and this is a huge contrast that we need to see here that's true. God does watch over and protect us when we walk according to his ways. He does. If you don't believe me, consider some examples. I've met lots and lots of people over the course of my, my adult life, especially. You meet lots and lots of people, and people start making, as they become adults, adult decisions. And they start making them on some kind of a basis, either based on God's word or based on something else, usually based on their own desires and their own ideas about what would be a good thing. And... You meet a lot of, as an example, single moms, and not to pick on them because they are courageous people for the most part. But very often, what you find is a person in deep pain who would love to be married to the person who's the father of those kids, but who isn't. Why? Because between the two of them, they didn't put things together according to God's word. And that's not to blame anybody, but that's true. And you're protected from some of that pain if you follow God's direction. Uh, if you conduct yourself in after God's direction, you will uh, not very likely wind up in prison. And I've talked to prisoners 
of them will tell you that their life has changed for the better after they got there, but wouldn't it have been better if they had not wound up there? You follow after the Lord, you get protected from that kind of thing. Uh, if you uh, meet someone who is an addict, whatever the addiction is, you don't very often find somebody who is really excited that they're an addict. You meet somebody who would love to be free of this, and they can't see a way out. If you follow God's word and you walk according to the wisdom God gives, you don't wind up in some of these circumstances. And not to say that God isn't a God of prayer and God isn't a God of deliverance and solutions and grace and help, but he's also a God who protects you if you walk according to his way. See, a lot of people, and, and I'm not, I hope that no, I've not put anybody in pain with any of my examples. But here's what I'm trying to say. A lot of people have this idea that God is up there in the heavens and he is the cosmic fun sucker. That he just wants to kill everybody's good time. And so he lays down all these rules and he just wants to suck all of the fun and joy and, and, and happiness out of life. But the reality is completely the opposite of that. The reality of it is, is that God has a plan and a purpose and an and a, and a ideal way that he wants people's lives to go. That if you follow his plan, you experience peace and joy and blessing and happiness and a whole lot less pain than you ordinarily do. Life is painful, amen? And if you, but if you live it according to God's plan, it usually winds up less painful than it uh, does otherwise. And God puts a hedge of protection around people who walk according to his plan. That's all this text means. And then if you are get into sin in whatever way, then you wind up actually being more in pain than you otherwise would have to be. Life doesn't have to be this hard. You know, I, I, I learned to drink my coffee black, and then I figured out life doesn't have to be this hard, right? Life doesn't have to be this hard. You can put cream and sugar in that, turn it khaki, you know, and it, and it tastes good, right? Get it about the color of my pants, and you're it's really good, you know? And uh, you have a little coffee with your cream and sugar, and it's fantastic, right? Um, and this is kind of the idea that's being presented, that God is a shield of protection uh, for those who follow, who live their life according to his plan, who live it wisely, in other words. Uh, another benefit is that you gain discernment. Uh, this is verses 9 through 11. Then you'll understand what is right and just and fair every good path for wisdom will enter your heart and knowledge will be pleasant to your soul discretion will protect you and understanding will guard you now let me say this you can read uh, god's word and you can get fantastic specific direction on some areas 
Uh, but you can't get specific direction on certain other areas that you would like to maybe know about. So let me give an example. The Bible gives you very clear instruction as to what kind of person you should marry. But you will not find in there, if you, even if you look hard, you will not find any passage which says, Mary Susan Elizabeth Miller. Won't be in there, right? How do you decide who you marry? Well, one of the things that you do is that you look for a person who fits the profile that God's Word lays out for what kind of person you should marry. And then as you continue to study God's Word and learn to obey it and seek to obey it, what you develop is discernment as to whether or not this is a good decision or not. Discernment is a good thing because you start to develop the ability to go, mm, I don't exactly know why this isn't, I don't think we should go that way, but I don't think we should go that way. And then later maybe you realize, oh, well, if I'd gone that way, this would have been the negative result of it I'd have experienced. And what the writer of Proverbs here is saying is this, is that as you commit yourself to living in accordance with God's word, you develop discernment and the ability to make decisions according to, to biblical principles without even necessarily knowing chapter and verse where it says, but being able to just have a, some sense about you that says this is the way to make a wise choice in this circumstance. And that's a good thing. It's a good benefit. Uh, also, uh, verses 12 to 19, you will avoid wickedness. It says here, wisdom will save you from the ways of wicked men, from men whose words are perverse, who leave the straight paths to walk in dark ways, who delight in doing wrong and rejoice in the perverseness of evil, whose paths are crooked and who are devious in their ways. It will save you also from the adulteress, from the wayward, wayward wife with her seductive words, who has left the partner of her youth and ignored the covenant she made before God. For her house leads down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. Now, this book primarily is written from the perspective of a parent to a son. And so it deals in this passage with temptations from a male perspective. And the two major temptations that it highlights are falling in with evil companions, evil friends who are going to lead you to participate in evil, and also falling in with a, with a wicked, immoral woman. Now, this doesn't excuse those of you who are ladies from, well, I can have wicked friends, and, um, you know, a, a, a guy with loose morals is okay. No, uh, this also applies to you, but it's written primarily from a male perspective, and so it addresses men primarily. But these are some of the two temptations, that evil can be really tempting. Evil can be enriching. You can get wealthy doing evil. 
Uh, I watch on History Channel sometimes uh, these shows. They have, I uh, forget what it's called, Mobsters. That's the show. Uh, and you can w watch these, you know, you can l learn about, uh, you know, both the, the drug kingpins that they have in places like L.A. and, and uh, New York City and so forth. Uh, or you can watch about some of the more cla classic mafia-type figures um, you know, operate at one, out of one of the five families in New York City or whatever. And you can read and you can watch their lifestyle. And their lifestyle can, can be, for a certain type of person, very appealing because there are nice cars, there's beautiful homes, there's more money than you can spend. Uh, there are uh, all the availability of, of, of women that you could possibly want. And it can be a very appealing kind of thing. Now, of course, the great part about this show is they show how the guy got ratted out and then he went to the slammer or went to the chair or whatever. And that's fantastic. It appeals to my sense of justice in the same way as the uh, Osama bin Laden thing this last Monday. I thought, oh, we got that guy. Great. Okay. Um, but... Proverbs is warning you to become a, that when you become a wise person, that you avoid all of the snares that happen with wicked people. And wickedness leads to death. It does. It leads to death. And you might not know it, but, you know, if you watch if you watch like a movie like The Firm, anybody seen that movie? Tom Cruise stars as a young attorney, gets into this law firm, and it starts taking all of his time, and he's away from his wife, and he gets all kinds of separators from everybody he knows, but he's making lots of money. And then he finds out that he's a mob attorney, and he's got to somehow figure out how to extricate himself from this mess without going to prison himself. And they get their hooks in him, and he has a hard time getting out. That's kind of a fun movie. But here's the thing. Wisdom will keep you from bad companies that will distort and ruin your life. Uh, it will also keep you from sexual sin. Um, and by the way, this applies not just to the live version, but to all the virtual forms that are out there whether it's the internet or romance novels or whatever you're into, if you're a wise person who conducts themselves according to the word of God, you will be kept from that because I'll assure you, based on the authority of God's word, that if you get into this, here's what happens. Her steps lead down to death and her paths to the spirits of the dead. None who go to her return or attain the paths of life. In other words, when you commit adultery in whatever form or you engage in sexual sin, you are actually making your bed in a tomb because it will destroy that part of your life. Trust me on this. I've counseled way too many people to know that the Scripture is true on this. And if you're into this, flee. Flee. Do not walk. Do not slowly walk. Run. This will kill you. 
It will do unspeakable damage to your life. And then the last benefit is that you will become a righteous person. Thus you will walk in the ways of good men and keep to the paths of the righteous. For the upright will live in the land and the blameless remain in it. But the wicked will be cut off from the land and the unfaithful torn from it. I hope your mama taught you to obey God. But if she didn't, let me tell you. If you obey God, you become a righteous person. And this passage concludes with some some very old covenant language about being in the land because being in the land was one of the promises of being part of God's people, that you went into the promised land and you were able to dwell there. And if you were wicked, you were cut off from the land and God was going to exile you, which happened, by the way, to the nation of Israel. When they got immoral, when they got idolatrous, they got out of the land. And here's the reality. God does judge sin, even in his people. And if you want to experience his judgment, just try some of this stuff on. If you want to be a wise person, however... Someone who does not, you know, maybe enjoy hitting their head against the wall to see if it hurts. Uh, Walk according to God's word and his plan. And you will be a wise person. You will have a blessed life. You will be protected from evil. You will have uh, God's blessing on your life. You will have the, the benefit of being in God's kingdom and the great joy that's associated with that. And this is a passage that tells us, look, if you want to be smart about how life goes, there's some instructions on how to do this. And it actually works if you try it. It actually does work according to the recipe, right? Um, If you do what God's word says, you got to listen to your mama because she knows, right? When you're growing up, mom knows. You don't know how she knows, but she knows. And And what our passage today is saying to us is this, is that God knows. Because guess what? He's the creator. He's the one who who thought of the idea of human existence, who has a plan for how it works best, and if you follow it, it does work. If, you know, and something very simple, if you follow God's plan, you get married, and then you start your family and experience the blessings of all the relational aspects of a marriage. But if you get that stuff out of order, you experience not as much blessing and a whole lot more pain. And life gets a whole lot more complicated than it would otherwise have to be. If you conduct yourself in business in an honest and upright and forthright fashion, then you experience God's blessing. And hopefully your business grows if you conduct it according to wise ways of living and operating. But if not, even if your business goes down the toilet and you go out of business and you lose your job, guess what you do not lose? Your freedom and going to prison. You don't uh, have your life destroyed by sin. And it's, a, it's an incredible amount of blessing that you do experience 
Um, life does work with the Lord, and it does not work apart from Him. In fact, if you try, if you have tried it or are currently trying it, let me just ask you a question: How's that working for you? Because non-Christians do it and Christians do it. Non-Christians do it, be, and they can they build their life on some other you know, philosophy or religious system or idea of their own, and they say, this is what I'm going to do, and I think this is what would be a good idea, and this is the way things work best, according to me, or according to Buddha, or according to uh, Lao Tzu, or according to Muhammad, or what have you. And what, what happens is people, if they're non-Christians and they go that direction, is this. They wind up with their life in pain and a train wreck. But Christians try to do it sometimes, too. They just shelve their faith for a period of their life, and they say, Lord, I got this. I'll call you if I need you. Right? If you are a non-Christian and you are not walking according to God's word because you have a relationship with God, let me encourage you that your life is never going to be all that it could be if you were a follower of Jesus Christ. And let me encourage you that all that is necessary for that to change in your life is to begin to fear the Lord, as this passage says, to believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for your sins and was raised from the dead to give you new life and power to obey him. And if you are a Christian, let me just warn you, because I love you, I love you, and I do not want your life to be a painful mess. That if you follow God's word, if you follow God's word, it's less likely you will need to come see me because you, things are in a mess. Now, if you need to come see me because things are in a mess, come see me. I'll pray with you. I'll counsel you. I'll point you to God's word. I will pray with you, and I will lift you up. But that shouldn't be the objective, amen? You know, let me tell you something else Mama used to say. An ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, right? And if your life is in a mess, we can help you fix it and put it back together. But if you follow God's word, you have less stuff that needs fixing, amen? So listen to your mama. Listen to your pastor. Listen to the man who loves you. I stand up here and I, I lecture every week and I give these messages from God's word. But here's the why I do it, because I love you. And I know that according to God's word, you live your life according to God's word in relationship with God through faith in his son by the power of the spirit. That not only is, there, is it the only way to live, it's the only way to live that works actually works do it that way and you have joy and peace that passes understanding and i want that for all of you because i love you hear me let's pray god our heavenly father i do pray that we would be people who would be wise proverbs say that 
A rebuke goes deeper into the heart of a wise man than a thousand blows into the back of a fool. Father, let us not be foolish. Let us not have to be beaten by life and its consequences for rejecting your word. Let us hear what the scripture says and say, that is wisdom. That is what I want to follow. That is what I want to obey and pursue after it and obey. Father, help us uh, by your Holy Spirit to be empowered with the resurrection power of Jesus to do your will and to be wise people who live according to the plan that you and your unlimited wisdom have laid out for us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.